and thank you for listening to the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. My name is David Shockley. And I'm Morgan Miller. This is the podcast where we interview people that aren't famous but should be. On this episode, we have a friend of ours and a fellow podcaster, but to put us in the same category is a mistake. I'm not even sure why he actually showed up for this interview. He's a juggernaut of production. He's been busy helping make shows like the Horror Movie Night podcast, the My Favorite Episode podcast, Disneydo, and two more shows coming out next year. I'm excited to finally be able to say this. Matt Kelly, welcome to the show. Oh, that's me. (laughs) You were talking about me that whole time. I think. (laughs) I was waiting for Joe Rogan to walk in. (laughs) Uh, Matt, we really do appreciate uh, your mother for driving you all this way to get here. Yes, now. She's just sitting there in the soccer van waiting for me. <laughs> I'll keep the car running, sweetie. You do your little podcasty thing. I didn't mention that when I door dashed the Wendy's, I just texted her. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can you please just bring me some Wendy's, Ma? Yeah. Mom, I want some chicken tendies, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're at a nice Italian restaurant, but please, chicken tendies. <laughs> Where's the most ludicrous place you've ever ordered chicken tendies? Oh... Oh, hibachi. Really? Oh, that's, yeah, that's pretty depressing. Man. You know, like, they make a lot of really good food at hibachi. I wouldn't know. <laughs> he's watching. They the, put on a great show. You get, he's yep. just watching the whole show There's, with some tendies. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is watching <laughs> hungry. I got my tendies in my did, stomach. Did you, did you break off a little piece of tendy and be like... No, please don't flip that shrimp in my mouth, but if you want to flip this chicken tendy in there, I'm totally down. <laughs> I don't let any other swill touch yeah. my mouth, just the I, chicken. So side note is I do that because I don't like, I can't stand shrimp at all, but I love catching things in my mouth. So <laughs> like when it comes to my said. turn, I'm like, can you use this piece of chicken that I just ordered instead? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, Five judgment. Yeah. <laughs> judgment. It fly, look, there's a way different art to shooting a chicken into someone's mouth than a shrimp. It's a different velocity. Yeah. It, it's different. Lean it's... back more. <laughs> so, Matt Kelly, you're a podcaster. That I am. Can you tell us about your history-making podcast? How did you start? How did you get into this? Ooh, uh, so, my first podcast was like late 2004, early 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was, I just discovered podcasting. I was watching a bunch of shows, but one of them was uh, Geekscape. And it was just, at the time, it was a video podcast of just a guy and a guest on a couch. And I was like, I could do that. I have a camera. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> what makes this person so special? Yeah. So, the like, the couch, obviously. Yeah, the couch. So, we, we'd tried like 14 different variations of similar shows. Um, at, 14? Yeah. We, we, like, there was a lot of like shows that went for like six episodes, and then we'd be like, "No, let's re let's rebrand, let's try something else." Like we just kept rebranding the same concept under different names, and uh, eventually, it was the name. I'm sure that was the problem. That was 100 percent it. It was so like the first one. I think the very first one was an audio show actually, and it was called, I think it was just called Below the Radar Radio. Uh, because we had started a record company called Below the Radar, mm-hmm. and it was going to be a means for us to like. You started a record company too. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah, we only put out two EPs, and the bands broke up when they came out. So <laughs> it was a very short-lived <laughs> endeavor. But it was like, this is great. We can play like the upcoming demos and like stuff that's going on, and we would like interview different bands that were touring that were like coming through our area, and that was fun. But like, we were like, I want to do the video stuff. So then we started doing like sketch comedy videos. We were still doing the interviews, but the interviews were a lot weirder. 
my favorite interview we ever did was um, we called it Questions from a Hat, and it was like inspired a little bit from from Whose Lines Anyway, but it was me and the other guy who ran the record label, Shrop. So for Questions in the Hat, I wrote five questions and put them in a hat, and the five members of the band would draw a question and answer it, and then Jeff had to or Shrop had to guess what the original question was based on the answer that they gave. That's incredible. <laughs> like, God, that's funny. Like it was like this was it was so much fun, and we would do stuff like that. We would like, uh, we would ask friends of ours to interview bands that they knew nothing about for the comedy <laughs> of the awkwardness of the interview. Like I remember we we interviewed the lead singer and the guitarist of Four Year Strong, and we sent some random dude who had never heard their music, knew nothing about them, and showed up late to the show, so we missed their set, and we're like, go interview for your strong. And he's just like, so where are you guys from? It was like watching an awkward first date as an interview. <laughs> we did one interview where... That's it, essentially our show every yeah, time. Uh, my favorite was we did an interview. It was the two bands that were on tour with each other, and it was the lead singer of both bands, but... The other person had to answer the questions directed at, like they had to answer for each other oh. throughout the entire interview, uh, and it just you know divulged into them mocking each other and like getting little jabs. Uh. And it, but it was like we would do fun shit like that, and it was really I loved doing it. But um, again, like video stuff was a pain in the ass because there's this whole extra edit. Mm-hmm. A, you're, you're editing a video versus audio, which takes a little bit more time. Three and then, times as long. Yeah. And then B, like the upload time and the amount of space it would take. And like there was a point where the podcasting was almost exclusively video for a really long time. Uh, And we were like uploading them into iTunes so you could only watch it on your laptop. Like it was before you had like the uh, phones is what really changed it. Phones was when like podcasting went way more into an audio form and like exploded. Mm -hmm. Because if you can just like plug it into your fucking car and listen to it, it's a lot more digestible than like. All right, I gotta find two hours where I can sit down and watch this weirdo's podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, we did a bunch of that, and then eventually I landed on uh, the Saint Mort show, which up until Horror Movie Night was the longest the show had lasted. Most of the shows had gotten about we we always joked that about fifteen was like the number where we'd be like nah, and then we quit, and then and you'd do, be done with it. Yeah, so Saint Mort show went over. I think it got to one hundred and fifty, maybe uh, one hundred and seventy five episodes and that was just that even went through a bunch of different iterations when it started the concept was that it was going to be the podcast version of a late night talk show okay so it was an hour long i had an opening monologue i had a musical guest and i had two random guests and we recorded a bunch of fake commercial breaks (laughs) but that (laughs) that became a pain in the ass because i was doing it as a bi-weekly show but even then like that's a lot of fucking work for every other week to like put together so then it just turned into a one-on-one interview show mm-hmm. but that was like you know the numbers were kind of bouncing back and forth it would you know if you had a pretty decent guest you'd get maybe like 150 200 listens but otherwise you'd get like 10 and it was just like <laughs> friends and family members being very generous yes yeah, relatable rely- <laughs> yeah relatable you, you rely so much on the guest yeah. it's and not only just the guest's clout, but also the guest's ability or willingness to help promote you as well. To help exactly. To their audience. And that's the worst part is like when you have a guest where you're like, oh, man, this is it. Like, this is the one. Mm-hmm. This is the one that's going to do it for me. And then like they don't promote any aspect of it. Yeah. So it's just like this. 
interview with a really big get that's just sitting in the ether doing nothing. Yeah, that nobody's going <laughs> to yeah. know about. So, like, Horror Movie Night really changed the way that I saw podcasting for me. Because to me, it was always like, yeah, it's just an interview show. Like, that's what a podcast is. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> we can do other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. So, what happened with Horror Movie Night was while I was doing the St. Mort show, um, I was really involved in Reddit way back when and on our horror people were like we should start like a book club but it would be like mo- like we should start like a movie club like once a week we'll watch a movie together and i was like well if you want to do that you should probably create a separate subreddit because otherwise those discussions are going to get buried very very quickly yeah yeah and i was like would would be cool is if we did a podcast tied into that so i started a podcast based around the reddit movie club and because our horror is a pretty big subreddit, like our subreddit got to about 2000 people in it that were listening to this Reddit horror club podcast every week. Uh, and that's how I became friends with Scott and our old co-host Adam. We're mm-hmm. both guys from Reddit horror club and we liked doing it. But the, the problem was with Reddit horror club, all of the members of the subreddit would pick the movies and what we found would happen was when Scott, Adam, or myself would pick a movie, we'd pick like Killer Clowns from Outer Space or Alligator or like these really ridiculous over the top movies. And we would just have a blast, like kind of taking a shit on the movie. Mm-hmm. But then everyone else would be like, I would like us to discuss Psycho. And we'd be like, man, we got to be fucking intellectual. Like we just got like, we <laughs> hate my brain. Yeah. But, like we hate it having to like do a serious discussion of a movie. So. Eventually, we're like, we have fun doing this, and people seem to like it. Why? Let's just take away everyone else's opportunity <laughs> to pick movies, and we'll start a separate podcast. But horror movie night Fuck really these people and their stupid opinions. Well, so Who horror are movie these people? horror movie night really changed things for us because a it helped out that when we launched the show, there was already this built in Reddit community mm-hmm. that jumped on it right away, but also. You know, if you look at all of the shows that I've done since, I kind of stray away from the interview shows and I stray away from shows where the guest is important to the, like the guest is helpful, but it's more like if you come to this show, it will be discussions about blank. So it's like if you like bad horror movies, it doesn't matter if we have a guest or not. Every week you're going to get the discussion that you're looking for on a bad horror movie. Same thing with like Disneyto. Same thing with my favorite episode of. I've got another one coming out soon called One Hit Thunder, which is about one hit wonders. So like it's oh, it's all great. so it's like stuff like that where it's like you know some of those shows have weekly guests, and it's cool if we have a big name guest, and it's even cooler if that big name guest actually shares the episode. But the people who are coming just to hear a funny conversation about a an episode of television. It doesn't matter if they know the guest or not. They're going to be like, oh, they're talking about Scrubs this week. Let me give it a listen. Yeah, you you want to make it so you create the content. Like, yeah. You are the reason that, that people show up. You don't want to – it sounds like a like you don't want to have to rely on the guest for make whether you make an episode yeah. or not. Does, uh, do you ever struggle with the guest, like, canceling? Would that ruin a show? So, <laughs> Horror Movie Night was great because we didn't have to worry about that. Disneydo mm-hmm. was great because we didn't have to worry about that. It's my newest like frustration with with uh, my favorite episode of and one hit thunder is both of those shows. It's a single host. Mm-hmm. You know, one my favorite episode of is my sister Julie, and one hit thunder is uh, Chris Fafios of the band Punchline. And if we don't have a guest, we don't have a show. <laughs> you know what I mean, like because it's just them sitting by themselves, just being like, so let me tell you about this show. 
and there's some people that do the that type of podcast and i i don't know i find it really can kind of be boring and a little self-indulgent when you just listen to a person explain an episode of tv that they watched with like no one to bounce opinions off of right because it just turns into <laughs> well why do i care what your opinion is? <laughs> exactly what weight does this have about me you have to have a some type of skill or something else that you bring to it yeah and there's something about like especially when they're trying to do something funny it doesn't matter how funny a joke is there is something as much as i hate the concept of laugh tracks um there's something about hearing another person react to a joke that makes the joke feel funnier and more successful totally so like if the person's sitting by themselves and they're just like saying their jokes and then it's just fucking crickets and silence because there's no one else to react yeah. there it makes it where you're like i don't know if that joke was funny or not like, yeah. you know, like, it's nice when somebody else tells you whether it's funny or not yeah. through their laughter yeah it's even like i've watched movies and tv shows that i think are very very funny but when i'm watching them alone i think that i don't make as much like vocal laughter yeah. As like if I'm sitting with a group of people and we're like losing our minds about it. Oh it's, yeah, it's why seeing like seeing comedies and like horror films in a theater is such a fun experience. Totally, because you just get even if the movie's trash, you get caught up into like the atmosphere mm-hmm. of reaction. So Matt Kelly, uh, what can you tell me about your time in L.A.? So uh, I moved to L.A. You li- you lived in L.A. for six months. Really? Yeah, I moved to L.A. My my big goal was I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna make it as a writer. Uh, I had gone out the year earlier to help with the Geekscape booth at San Diego Comic-Con. And I was like, this is amazing. But it was definitely like that. I've never left my hometown and I'm in somewhere new. So it's automatically better than where I come from. Yep. (laughs) And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to save up money next year. I'm moving out to LA. That's what's going to happen. So like I saved up money and like people gave a lot of money. There was a big going away party. And, you know, I had like a good, say like, seven or eight thousand dollars to move out to LA and I just contacted someone that I had met when I did San Diego comic-con and I was like hey are do you know anyone looking for a roommate and he's like yeah me (laughs) I was like perfect so we like got this place and I'm like super excited and then like as it's getting close like I remember like the day before I left I just was like I don't want to go I don't like like, all of a sudden like all the panic all the fear of like leaving your hometown to somewhere where nobody you know lives except this guy you met seven times that you're gonna live with yeah it was like oh god this is gonna be bad and i was like super panicked and i remember leaving was the worst because like i'm a very emotional person my mom's a very emotional person so like the whole like go like goodbye was like i just didn't want to leave like i was like standing outside the car like i don't want to get in this car i get into the car and uh, <laughs> she hands me an envelope and she goes, don't open it until you're on the plane. No, Jesus. So I'm like, oh, oh. no, oh, no. What and is this, it, the notebook? So I open up this envelope. <laughs> I open up this envelope right before this nine hour flight. And it is the most beautiful like card that's just filled with like how much she's going to miss me. Oh. And like, you know, like I'm her first child. She's like, you know. I feel like a piece of me is gone. Like, it was like, you would have thought I had died. I was like, so I'm just sitting there like, this sucks, this sucks. Like, I'm so upset. And I get to LA and I walk up to the apartment and it was like, it was buyer's remorse in like the worst way. Like, it was like, I flick on this light switch and the first thing I see is all the cockroaches (gasps) scatter. And I'm like in this, like, like the entire apartment was the size of where we're sitting. Like two bedroom apartment that was gonna cost twelve hundred a person, 
No. Oh. And I was just like, like, oh. like that's like the the size of this room is like five hundred square feet. Yeah. It was. I was like, this sucks. This sucks so bad. I had no job lined up, oh. and I'm like, okay, I'm doing the math. I'm like. If I don't find a job, I only have enough money for about three months here. Okay. So like that's 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 a tight timeline. Yeah. I feel like you could do that. Maybe not as a writer, but something. So we go immediately the week after I move there, we go to San Diego Comic Con. So I'm like, all right, let's do the Comic Con stuff. I'll see if I can do some networking. And I did successfully network with one person who uh, ran a pornography PR company and his wife was a porn star. So I got a job as her personal assistant and also writing press releases for him uh, that paid me $200 a week. Uh, So part-time. So I literally would just hang out at their house for about 10 to 16 hours a week. Uh, And they were great. They were my favorite. I love those people. I stay in touch with them all the time. But it was one of those things where in my brain, I was like, well, I didn't move out here to have a full-time job. You know what I mean? Like, or I was, to do PR for porn. Yeah. I, but it was like, in my brain, I was like, because everyone's like, well, quit and get a full-time job. I'm like, but if I get a full-time job, then I'm not going to be able to like jump on video projects when they come up. I'm not going to be able to grab writing assignments when they come up. Like I was like trying to find things. I was writing for ranker.com for a little bit. Like I was grabbing these really? little, yeah. Wow. These little like side gigs. But, like, none of them ultimately paid that much, and I was just not happy. Like, I wasn't meeting people. Like, I was meeting people, and there's people that I like, and there's people that I miss. But, like, I had the worst writer's block I've ever had in my life. Let me ask you, what was your expectation for when you went out there? I think my expectation was, like, hey, Geekscape is, like, just about to break. I've been there since, like, the fifth episode as like a contributor and writer, I'm going to move out there. And in like a month, Geekscape is going to suddenly be able to like bring on people, pay people. And like, Oh, you were kind of relying on that seed. to grow. I was hoping. Yeah. I was like, I th- like, it was like, I was gambling on it. I was mm-hmm. like, no one told me that that was what was going to like, I don't want it to sound like someone's like, yeah, come out here. Like in my brain, I was like, no, I'm, I'm making a gamble. This is going to go great. You're like, that ain't on me. (laughs) Yeah. You're like that meme of the woman, like with all the equations in front of her. You're like, I can see this coming. But I also, I guess in my, cause like where I'm at, you know, like what, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but like, if I don't like my job in Pennsylvania, I have a multitude of friends who are like, hey, my place is hiring. Like, hey, I'll put in a good word, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I had none of that. Like, every time I'd ask people that I had befriended, like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to find work. They're like, yep. And he's like, like, yeah, there's a position, I think, opening up at my place, but you don't want it. You wouldn't like it. Like, no one was like, hey, let me try to get you in. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because everybody else is, I imagine, I've never been out to to California or L.A., I imagine everybody's kind of in the same boat. There's a yeah. surplus of people that are looking for work because exactly. they all kind of following the same dream. Yeah, and it, so it was a lot of that, and it was just like I'm not a city guy. Like I like the suburbs. I like having a good parking spot that is located in front of my house where I live. That is underappreciated. <laughs> like it's like little things like that. And what I had noticed when I was in LA was that I had the worst writer's block because all of my inspiration was in Pennsylvania. Like when I would write scripts. Or I'd write essays or I'd write anything. I was writing about my friends and my family. And now I just cut myself off from them and I had nothing to pull from. The only good thing that happened in LA, and it didn't really put any money in my bank, was that I started a blog 
which you can still find the old things that I wrote on there. I haven't written in it for years, but it was called Pure Matitude. And it was, I had four different essays on that blog make it to the front page of IMDb just through like people sharing it and talking about it. And it was just like random shit, like the top 10 movies to put on at a party and freak people out. Or just like funny, yeah, funny, articles. yeah, funny, like movie related articles. And like, they just kept popping up on IMDb. Like one was like a goodbye to, uh, uh, John Q's got on there. There was like a remembering Jim Henson article that I wrote. Like there was all these little things that kept popping up. So there was a little bit of notoriety, but like not enough that it was like opening. Like no one was like, Hey, that guy who wrote that article on IMDb, we got to swoop in and get him. Like it was yeah. just like, <laughs> You know, like I'd put like a couple Amazon links to like on the bottom of my blog and maybe make like 30 cents and be like, yeah. <laughs> so, Did you write when you're writing these articles, when you're writing these blogs, are you thinking this is going to be a thing that gets me somewhere or were you just writing it? it I needed to yourself? write. I need I was like, I didn't have ideas for scripts anymore, but I was like spending a lot of time just laying on the couch watching movies and like <laughs> and just seeing like things. oh aren't we all yeah you know what i mean like i there's like a positive and a negative to unemployment for me which is like i think the only thing that i like when i'm unemployed is that like my grand s- scope of pop culture is so much more up to date yeah you have a much wider <laughs> lens you know what i mean like <laughs> i remember when i graduated college shortly thereafter I got let go from the job that I had and it was the first time that I didn't have to go to work and I didn't have to get up and go to a school and it was like this very freeing month where I I I lived behind a circuit city as they were closing like as circuit cities were going out of business and bought the complete series of that 70s show so there was like <laughs> there was like this solid like two weeks where that's all I I woke up in the morning and just watched that 70s show and like occasionally stopped to get food and go to bed and then, like, after that 70s show was done, there was all of a sudden this, like, oh, I guess I got to find a job. <laughs> like, <it was> like, <laughs> Fuck, the show's <laughs> over. What am I going to do with my it was, life? It was so, like, and I, <laughs> this is how bad it was. When I, <laughs> when I finished college, the love of writing and, like, the lack of things to do was for, like, at least six months I was still writing articles for my college newspaper because I was just like I got nothing else going in my life I'll write some articles now (laughs) writing for you is that something you have to do is it compulsive not anymore I think the podcasting really took over and I was actually just talking to someone about this was for me like I never finished a movie I wrote so many scripts I had so many ideas and nothing ever happened and I think the difference between that that podcasting fixed was like the process of making a movie is a really, really long process. And there's a lot of times for you to second guess yourself, get cold feet and run away. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with the podcasts, I would record them and put them out in the same day yeah, for a really long time, like in the early days. So like there was that aspect of, I didn't have time to second guess myself yeah. on it. And then what was crucial with that was not that any of those shows were a success but they all failed but i learned something new in each one of those failures i never allowed myself to fail with any of the writing or any of the film and that was like a thing i was talking to a friend i was at my class reunion the other night and i was talking to him because he's doing really well with film stuff and like for him it was like yeah i failed a ton he's like i was making movies with my friends where like we just took a a broom and taped a microphone to it and that was our boomstick like like it's That's a good idea, Morgan. Write that down. Yeah, but it was like <laughs> stuff like that. Because like we needed to fit. Like we had to 
fail to learn how to do it right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like maybe LA was kind of a fail for you. Is yeah. there something that you learned from your time in LA? That I really, so I really like where I'm at is what I learned. Like mm-hmm. I learned that like the things that I love are still in Pennsylvania. So that like song of Moana, find happiness right where you are. Yes. Suits you. Beautiful. You, you really Nailed connected it. with that song? Well, and that's like, so I travel a lot. And mm-hmm. like I told someone, like my favorite thing about traveling is it reminds me where my home is because mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, you fucking Disney princess. Yeah, but it, no, but it is. I, I mean, it sounds like a Disney, but it's like my favorite part about going and seeing all of these cool places is knowing that like, I have a place to come back to at any time where in LA, I didn't feel like I had a place to come back to. And I didn't, when I would go home from work, I was like, I don't want to be here. And then not to dive into too much, but like my aunt, my aunt's health was going poorly. My brother was like really struggling with drug addiction. There was this very real fear of like, someone might die and I won't be able to attend their funeral. And that like really fucking sucked. So let's have a shot. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. <laughs> on that note. Can you say that that part one more time? Well, about I'm going to take us uh, about home. Yeah. To home. Traveling reminds you where your home is. Yeah. Morgan, I say we do a shot to that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> right in the sweet meat. But Matt Kelly, you're sober. Yep. I just took a sip of water. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I have like this cold, Matt. I know. I it's not the it's the. I feel I've been learning more and more that people, myself included, I don't think anyone coughs at an appropriate volume anymore. <laughs> like, like, like no one just like. Huh. Is that how you cough? Is that the appropriate? No, sound? I'm just saying. Like <laughs> every every time that I hear someone cough now, it's just like. I used to, when I was in, I, I can't believe I remember this. When I was in preschool. Okay. It was like my first time remembering getting like a cold where I was coughing. And I didn't know you're supposed to like, like kind of try to hide the cough a little bit to try to suppress it a little bit when somebody else is talking. Yeah. So my teacher was like trying to do a lesson. I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> in the back and like just interrupting the <laughs> shit out of her. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, so the story that we're listening to. <laughs> Is about <laughs> Goldilocks. Now go. Oh, get slut. My big. She had to pull me aside and just be like, like Dave, you need to just try to suppress that a little. You know who I don't like? I don't like the people that like when they sneeze. They sneeze really loud. Like they obviously put volume in it. Like they scream sneeze. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When that happens, I like straight up don't say anything. I look at them in the face and I move on. I'm like, you know, that was wrong and you're still going to do it. (laughs) You are not special because you sneeze. You're so you talking about your coughing issue reminded me of my elementary school shame, which was that uh, you couldn't stop pooping your pants. Couldn't stop. (laughs) Um, I hated math so much because I, I wasn't good at it. And like Me, every all the time, every time that it was right around math time, and I'm talking like two to three times a week, oh, no. I would excuse myself to the bathroom and then swear that I had just thrown up and needed to go home. Oh, <laughs> you're really cute though. <laughs> I was like, like mine was that I literally, my teacher had to tell my mom, like basically, your kid has ADHD and you need to do something about it. <laughs> 
That was my childhood shame. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why I remember this as vividly as I do, but I remember the first time that I saw a math book, I raised my hand and she goes, yes. And I said, this is like my name, but with an H at the end. (laughs) (laughs) He's special. (laughs) Ah, no college for him. (laughs) Do you think preschool teachers can ping that? Yo, I bet they make bets for sure. Oh, Oh. you have to, they have to, right? They have a little pool that they, they pay off every 10 years. Did you ever have, so like, I was one of those people who was like, I always say that it was a little too smart for academic, but I was certainly not smart enough for like the honors classes. So it was always like in these classes where I would excel, but like, I kind of was like, man, a lot of these people are dumb. (laughs) You would just stay back and judge. Well, I remember the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard, ever witnessed, and I'll see if this works in an audio format there was a kid who's like had like shaky legs right and he's shaking his legs and he's tapping his feet and we're on like the the top floor at the school and the teacher goes dennis knock it off there's people under you and he looks <laughs> under his <laughs> he goes what are you talking about <laughs> question that i ever heard asked in school was i was in history class and somebody raised their hand and asked if there was like a line at the equator like oh like that shows on the globe yeah (laughs) do they paint it do they have to repaint it legit everybody including the teacher pointed and laughed oh geez (laughs) and you know what I mean, I I was like and that's why that person never is asked a question once here's the thing though in that person's defense, there right? was a line on every globe. Well, I was no, I was going to say in that person's defense, there are not lines that divide up the states unless you go to the four points, which is like a, a crucial enough point that they have built some type of thing to show where the four different states break apart. So maybe someone's like, yeah, some people might want to know where the equator is specifically. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, do you think there's a sign? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always shocked that there's not because I've done like. I guess I've always flown. I was going to say, are there signs that let you know when you're about to change a time zone when you're on a road? Oh, I wouldn't know. I, or when you're flying, is there a, is your trail a dotted line? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I, I, and I think I've seen airports do this, but like, I think it was just one time I was in a swankier plane than I've ever been in before. I would pay so much extra money for when I have long flights if they had a screen that like was showing. Like right. where we were, he- like yeah, like tracking it. Yeah, so I yeah. could look up and be like, okay, we're over Colorado, so we're almost there. Like, <laughs> like a loading screen, yeah, almost. Because nothing's worse than like checking your phone, but you're in the air, so it hasn't changed any of the time zones yet. So you're like trying to do some like rudimentary math, but also not knowing what time zone you're actually in at that given moment. For you, that must be a really big struggle, Mister Math. Oh, it's bad. I just assume that like I just do the math of three hours every single time. I'm like, well, I'm trying to get to California. So whatever it says on my phone, I'm just going to subtract three from it and assume that that's what time it is in California and that I'm almost there. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that I had the worst experience on a plane I've ever had the last time I was on a plane. (laughs) So first of all, we've returned the car at 11, but our flight is at six in the morning. You can't check your bag until 3 a.m. So I'm staying up all night looking at this woman 
we're just engaged in eye contact and as soon as it's three i hand her my bag and she says thank you (laughs) and uh so i'm ready to sleep on this plane right yeah I get on the uh, the plane. The kid behind me, the the fucking plane hasn't even started, and he is crying like screaming. And then he just starts loudly vomiting, and I'm just <laughs> like, "Fucking me!" And this- that's why I never take my headphones. Like I put headphones on, crank up music, and I don't they they don't come off the head. That's where they stay until that plane plane is safely on the ground. But it went in like to like it went from just scream crying and then throwing up the entire flight the entire flight this child was sick i was like it has to be gone there can't be anything in his tummy he's like joke just kidding i ate some crackers a second ago (laughs) it was a four-hour flight oh my god oh he was right behind me i was just like bitch do you know i stayed up all night you were ruining my whole plan you know what i take it back i was really sympathetic the first two hours of the flight I was like, man, that really sucks. That's probably the first time he's ever experienced this. And then finally, but like I was, around seven or eight in the morning. <laughs> and then after the first two hours, I was like, all right, you know it's coming. You can stop screaming now. Yeah, you can stop. I, I uh, had to take a flight from Philadelphia to Portland, Maine. No, which is like a forty-minute flight. Sounds good though. And I was like. It was because it was like, I'm looking at the terminal that they need me to go into. And I'm like, I didn't know that there was a terminal with that letter. And like I'm walking Z. around Uh-oh. and I'm on ground level, oh, no. which I've never like. You're just like walk down and it's basically like you're in the airport basement. Oh, that's oh. weird. Yeah. And it's just like this little tiny like 20 passenger car like plane just pulls up. You couldn't check bags or anything. You just would walk out there and hand a bag to someone, and they would just we- they'd put them all in a cart, and then just wheel the cart into the bottom of the plane. And they're like, "We're just gonna just sit back, fucking don't send even- it, boys." Yeah, they were like literally like, "Don't even worry about seatbelts." <laughs> like, and it was just like this plane might run. Yeah, it was just like, and then, like, and then they just wheeled the bags back out, and we left. They're just they're just gonna get up. Uh, up high and just coast. Yeah. They're just going to turn the plane off. It doesn't even matter if it, as long I mean, as it gets you to the peak. That's all that matters. I loved it. I was like, this, I wish that we had this technology to get me to LA this quick. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just a little, like, <laughs> I was on this, the flight that Morgan's talking about. Yeah. I was on the other side of the plane and I ha- slept great. Yeah. <laughs> I would and, just like to acknowledge that I'm, f- hey, uh, fuck you. <laughs> and the, the best and worst part about this kid is that he is obviously he's going through a bit of a traumatic experience and he's he's like ah and he's crying and he's, he's like no 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 and he throws up and he goes okay okay I'm good I can do this I can do this I can do this okay ah! he's going through an entire emotional break I, but at 8 like, years old I get it because I'm 34 and I feel like when I have to throw up, I go through that exact same emotional break exactly. where I'm like, God, no, please. No, no, this is going to suck. And I'm like, no. Like, and that's why it was so funny because this kid has the, has the soul of a 30 year old yeah, already. It's there's no, I'm so miserable when I know that I have to throw up. Like I'm like, like building up to it. I'm like, this is so, this is going to suck. I'm like hyping up for it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw up. Here it comes. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to get it all in the toilet this time. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that gives me solace is that I'm like, sometimes after I throw up, I do feel like a shit ton better. 
So I'm like, time. maybe this will be the time. And then it's like, every once in a while, it's, like, it's not the time. <laughs> it's like, I fucking hop back and forth between the toilet, just giving it the eyes, just like, when's it you and me, baby? When's it going to be us? Is this riveting conversation for the people listening? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so you make a podcast yeah. called Horror Movie Night. And we, mm. we just want to jerk you off a little bit. Oh, Eek. sweet. Um, Zip. So Horror Movie Night, that gets, <laughs> it's happening. That gets an average of seven to 8,000 downloads on a weekly basis. So yeah. that 7,000 every week that brings it to about 24,000 a month. Yeah. Uh you are more. So that means because you have over 20,000 downloads a month that puts you in the top 2% of podcasts. Jesus Christ. Congratulations. I can't imagine that that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like that would be accurate, but I'll take it. <laughs> You're welcome. And and to add to that, that means there are over 700 thousand active podcasts going on right now yeah in 100 different languages so that's not just exclusively english but i'm sure that's the majority well that's like because i've heard the math that like if your show gets to 150 downloads in a month if the episode a single episode gets 130 downloads in a month it puts you in the top 50 percent. yeah which like says a lot about like there's there's got to be podcasts that are getting like two lessons Absolutely. Every episode. You, now you've kind of been there because yeah. you've made so many different shows, and surely we are there, or I should say, are there? You're, you're higher than that. Yeah, but like we were there, where it's like we're just putting <clears throat> it out, and it's just very supportive friends and family that, yeah. are, that are downloading it and pretending to listen. And what would you say to those people that are in that spot right now? Just keep trying. Like, like I, my big thing is this: like, if it's not working. No one says that you have to make that show forever. Like you can end it and go back to the drawing board. And the only thing I would advise when you do that is like, it'll suck because you're going to be doing double the work for a little bit, but like keep the current show that you have going for a little bit while also recording that back catalog so that you can literally be like, Hey, this is the last episode of blank, but we have a new show that's going to be starting next week. Go and subscribe on like this is the name that you need to search out Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen is like if even a half of that audience shifts over to that new show it's already a great starting base for you to try something new with people who are familiar with with your content well we're assuming there's zero people listening okay so i mean still put shit out there but like see what works see what doesn't work learn from the mistakes learn from like what you know Try to find time to get at least one person to listen to it. You know what I mean? Like sit down with someone, have them listen to it and say like, what do you think about this? Because sometimes, sometimes it's not good. You know what I mean? And like go to a friend who will tell you like, this isn't good. You have to be able to accept that criticism. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, maybe you're not doing the marketing right. Um, I think one of the biggest reasons for horror movie night success, and I, I pat myself on the back a little bit about this, but I'm also always thrown off by it is that i don't see a lot of other podcasts that hit the convention circuit with like the the level of consistency that we do like we do up to 10 to 15 conventions every single year and you know we'll do repeat ones but we always try to do one or two new ones as well and the amount of people who get into our stuff and like yeah you know we saw you at a table and you handed us a business card then we saw you the next year and you had some shirts, so we talked to you a little bit. And then we saw you the third year, and, like, you had some shirts. And, and 
at that point, I was just like, man, when I've seen these guys three times, I might as well listen to their show. And I really fucking liked it. Like, it's like, you know, like, it's like this way. Sometimes it's the long game. Sometimes, like, handing a business card isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's where, like, if you look at the horror movie night booth, um, one of the things that we really try to do is not bring people in to specifically listen to our show or to buy a T-shirt, but, like, to to kind of force them to, like, engage with us. So, like, if you go to the horror movie night table at almost any convention, we'll have a TV with music blasting at an obnoxious level and, like, a Super Nintendo. the people next to you love you guys. Oh, yeah. Like, a Super Nintendo or an NES, and we just have people coming over, and they're playing video games, and, like, we've got a bunch of random, like, used DVDs that we're selling, and we've got our big shirt display up. But, like, you know, the amount of shirts that we sell is pretty small, but the amount of people that we have these awesome one-on-one conversations with that later will, like... Whether they'll download the show or they'll just follow our group on Facebook and become someone who contributes to that. Like, we've got a lot of people who never listen to the show but are very active on our Instagram and on our Facebook group. And that helps just as much because if they're posting, people are seeing that they're posting. And then they might be like, what's this horror movie night thing? So it's always about, like... The interaction's the most important The interaction is what's people... Because like I said before, like, people need to care about you. So, like... With with horror movie night, with my favorite episode of, with hopefully one hit thunder and the other show that I'm working on for next year, uh, the Roaring Twenties, the goal is more let people know who these hosts are and love them enough that it doesn't matter what the content is, they want to check it out. Yeah, like that, we that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about people that do podcasts where it's just one person talking and making jokes. Yeah, it's, it's hard to connect to that. Yeah. Uh, why do I care about you? I'm here for you. Yeah. I want like I want you to be the show. We so we did a very small series that like every once in a while we'll record it on the horror movie night feed called uh, Growing Up Kelly. That's my brother and I talking about our childhood. And uh Scott bumped into a, a director that we're a big fan of, um, who did a really great horror movie. People should check it out. It's one of my Halloween traditions called WNUF Halloween Special. Mm. Uh, it's a sort of found footage movie. <laughs> it's uh, literally you are watching a VHS tape where someone taped a channel's Halloween special for that night. So you're getting all the weird commercials and stuff. Oh. And the premise is like, you know, it's just the the late night news, but they're doing like a special thing where this haunted house, the one guy's going to go in with a camera crew and play around in the haunted house for a little bit. And then like things turn nefarious over time. Um, but he, we had him guest on the show one time and Scott finally met him face to face. And he was like, dude, I love the growing up Kelly stuff. And I was like, I was like, he listens to our stuff. And Scott was like, he kind of only listens to growing up, growing up Kelly. Whoa. Like, like to him, like he subscribes to the feed waiting for when a growing up kelly episode comes out and i'm like that's fucking crazy like it's like so you never know like but for him he's like i connect so much with that brotherly back and forth in those family stories so like you can always find something that's gonna entice people we're talking about in january we might do a a bonus series that's us watching um because you know disney plus came out it's very cheap and has like a crazy extensive library but the thing that i'm most excited about with disney plus is the extensive library of like shitty live action movies that disney produced in like 60s and 70s so we might do a a monthly sideshow where we just watch like the cat from outer space or like gus (laughs) or or gus the football playing mule or like all these like (laughs) weird fucking movies that disney produced in the 60s and 70s because i'm like 
they're right there. Like all three of us are paying under $5 to have access to this stupid shit. So let's agree upon a random one of these movies, watch it and just talk about it because I'm going to watch it no matter what. But if I have an excuse to have to watch it, like I'm really going to pay attention versus like throwing it on in the background. So like, I'm like, I think that would be really, really fun, but that might open us up to a whole different audience. You know, like there might be an audience. that's like, I don't really care about horror movies that much, but I really, really want to listen to them talk about these weird 70s Disney films. Yeah, yeah. Well, you definitely have an affinity for making these shows, and you just, you just, you, I love your ability to think of an idea and to just execute. Yeah. And to just make it end. But that, again, is the podcasting thing, because when it came to, like, film or writing, I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't execute it. Feed, you can just yeah. do it. And yeah. it's out there, and then people like it, and you get the feedback, and it's great. Movie takes so fucking long. Yeah. And uh, when we were looking at your, your, like, when I was doing research for this interview with you um you know we definitely came across a lot of great work that you made but we did come across some things that oh no we were, I, we wanted to ask you about we just wanted to get your opinion on this i thought i thought we agreed that there wasn't going to be any gotcha moments on this i, I mean we no lied <laughs> that's the gotcha moment we can't tell you we're going to get you on a gotcha moment it that's, loses. that's true it does lose its name this is an open forum. We just wanted to give you a chance to defend yourself uh, based off some of the more alarming things that we uh, have found. Okay. Um, we had heard uh, Matt Kelly can't wear flip-flops. Very true. Uh, there's a lot of people who've yelled at me about it, which is why I, I just wear slip-on vans now. Yeah. I hear it's because you don't have toes. False, but I will not expand on that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I also I also see here that uh you were one of the ten people that voted for Harambe in the last election. Ever send my time? <laughs> <laughs> we have to do shots for Harambe because he did shots for us. <laughs> he took one. Um, Matt Kelly, we understand that you once tried to quote get this bread by snorting flour. So I don't know where you got that information. That is as far as I'll answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I also see here, um, you sleep on a waterbed. Ooh. <laughs> so, okay, so. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. So I, got him. so I don't sleep on a waterbed. Anymore. But, uh-huh. but the whole mm-hmm. six months that I lived in LA, I slept exclusively on an air match air mattress and i didn't know that you're supposed to let the air out of it eventually <laughs> so it bursts <laughs> you got to get you one of them unburstable so like but when i say it burst i don't mean like i was laying there and it exploded i mean that like the seams blew and there was a giant bubble in the center of the bed so i could only sleep scrunched up against the wall to one side <laughs> And that that is a true story. (laughs) Your roommate's got a camera and he just starts to play Arms of an Angel and he zooms in on you. That was so the so the creepiest (laughs) He'll never listen to this. Fuck him. So I I forgot this part of the story, but like I kind of really didn't like my roommate in LA. And he was like a really creepy dude. And the, my bedroom door didn't lock. No. <laughs> and Jonathan from Geekscape was like, you know, he just like, once you're asleep, is just standing there staring at you, breathing <gasps> heavy. And I was like, <gasps> and that became like my deepest fear. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy, oh my God, this Pro. guy. So this is the grossest fucking thing I've ever had to deal with in I a living wait. situation. But like we had a living setup similar to what yours is. So like a couch with a chair next to it and then like the TV. 
That's how so it goes. I was, That's everybody's setup. So I was sitting on the couch. Set up. I was sitting on the couch. And I was eating food, watching a movie, and this nasty motherfucker walks over, sits down on the chair right next to me, and just starts fucking clipping his how toenails. How did I know? That's what you were going to say. Like, and like, it, I'm so non-confrontational that I just kept looking at him like... Maybe he'll understand that this look means that that is not appropriate behavior. Look, I just, I don't want to minimize what you just said, but I see this souvenir everywhere I go now. And it's the toe clippers with the fucking bottle opener on the top. And I want to know who the fuck is drinking a beer, cracking open a cold one while you're cracking off your crispy ass fucking toenails. (laughs) I would say the person whose toenails are long enough that they need a beer to get through the act of clipping them. <laughs> just like, oh, gotta clip my toenails again. Just. Have you ever had them grow just long enough that it hurts? Yeah. Like that's what that's for. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's medication. It's yeah. actually part of a game. The game is you crack open the bottle first, mm-hmm. and then as you're clipping your toenails, you try to get it in the hole. Oh my god. All right, so what's the Extra next lie flavor. that you found about me? Uh, it sounds um, like these have all been pretty true. They sound true. <laughs> uh, that you think that Celine Dion is actually just Sarah Jessica Parker in disguise. Yeah, I, I will I will agree to that one. Can, can you expand upon that, please? Yeah. No. <laughs> Unacceptable. Um, uh, this was... I'll just say it. Matt Kelly believes he can manifest tacos just by thinking about them. You have no proof that I can't. Make a taco right now. No, this is a gift for me and me alone. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking waterbed sleeper. (laughs) Air mattress, please. (laughs) My bad. I'm sorry. Did you pre-sauce before you got here? (laughs) No. Anything else? (laughs) Oh, you think this is the end. (laughs) I got some more questions. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, So look, Matt Kelly, I hear that you like horror. Mm-hmm. And they say that Stephen King is the master of horror, mm-hmm. but to you, who reigns king in the horror community? I mean, why can it be Stephen King? I, mean, I just meant in your eyes. I know, but you, you're asking. I was going to say he you, hangs the star and moon yeah. in my eyes. Because the way I'm just saying, the answer way the that question, word, Taco Man. The way that you worded that Fucking question was like, you know, a lot of people say Stephen King is the master of horror. But who's the real master of It's not like, do you agree you. or disagree? We're just trying to gaslight you. <laughs> I mean, I don't say that. I don't say that's a Stephen King. But I mean, a lot of people say that you have I, disagreements with that. That's, it's tough to say. I think that he is, the of all of the people in the entire history of horror, I don't think there will ever be another Stephen King. So He's like, like, uh, he's like you. He, uh... <laughs> Whoa. Or you're like him, as in you, uh... You, uh... Drink a lot. <laughs> He's actually sober now, so yeah, they're same. similar oh, there. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, I was talking about in the way that they, like, mass produce. Yeah. They're no, never-ending never productions. I, and that's the thing, is I think that he's had more hits than misses, but, like, he doesn't have a perfect career, but, like, I don't think that there is a name that is more synonymous. We all, we all read Tommy Knackers. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, there's his name is more synonymous with horror than pretty much anybody else, but... It's also like he's written a shit ton of stuff that's not horror, but like mm-hmm. if the name Stephen King is on it, you're like, oh, it must be a horror book. Like if you're just a regular non Stephen King reading person, like that's what you associate him with. Otherwise known as a loser. Um. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like I think that there's a couple, like I think Wes Craven kind of fell into that same vein where like Wes Craven made a fair amount of non horror movies, but like people know him as 
Wes Craven, the horror guy. Like, he is a horror guy. Uh, but I would, I mean, I have the you know, moderately controversial opinion that Joe Hill is better than Stephen King in every way possible. But. You know, I've only read a couple of his books, so I can't say I agree or disagree, but I will have to read a whole bunch and get back to you at a later date. I mean, I, this I, has come from the same guy that voted for Harambe the Dead Gorilla. This is so, true. I mean, take a grain with grain. Uh, you saw what we did get. Just saying. We got Harambe <laughs> the Dead Gorilla. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, Joe Hill, there's a, he has a better track record so far. I mean, it's comparing 10 books to like a hundred, but it's it's uh, a pretty 63. good. Sixty-three. Are you in, uh, including essays and yes. novellas? And yes. All that? Okay. You didn't even have to think twice before answering. I that. counted. Okay. <laughs> Just now in your math, like Rain no. Man, or like <laughs> I looked it up a while ago and I wrote down the total, and I've been marking off all of them as I go. When was a while ago, though? Oh, I guess he did release because I was going to say book. I feel like every time 65. I walk. Are you sure? Because I feel like I, because I did the same thing where I was like, I'm going to make the full list of all of his books and then I'm going to like delete the books as I read them so that I can, but like, then I swear to God, every time I go to a bookstore, there's a different Stephen King book on a shelf that I don't have written down on my list. Then I'm like, this motherfucker's still probably putting out like four books a year, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's just this Chinese sweatshop of just I mean, novel. really close this year. He released three. Jesus Christ, that's insane. And I bet the shortest one is like a thousand pages. Uh, Actually, the shortest one is uh, about 120 pages. I don't know. I listened to it in audio form, (laughs) but it's a really short book. Okay. It was like a three hour long book. Okay. As far as bad horror movies go, what do you think is better? A horror movie that is intentionally bad or a horror movie that is unintentionally bad? Not even having to think about this unintentionally. Uh, I think that movies that are purposefully bad in horror are my least favorite horror movies. Out of all of them, out of I think out of all of them, I I think that there's because it's so hard for them to hit to me. You know what I mean? Like versus like I don't know. It's the difference between like I just watched Velocipaster, which oh my fucking god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> well, guess what we're watching? <laughs> but like you know, there was like some moments that I liked in Velocipaster, and there were some good <laughs> jokes, but like it pales in comparison to like a movie like a troll 2 or like or like a demon wind or like a uninvited where like no they're really trying to make a good movie and they are just not equipped which is again why i had such cold feet when i was trying to make movies was i didn't want to make demon (laughs) like like that was i didn't want to be that guy who made the room you know i mean like i wanted to be the guy who made a movie that people adore for the right reasons not the wrong reasons People adore Demon Wind. I, I just want to. I, I know at least one person who adores Demon Wind, and that's not me. But okay, I just know checking. Someone. Just yeah. checking. Oh. I had to check. All right. Uh, Michael, Jason, and Freddie. Fuck, kill, Mary. Okay. 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 Um. Mm. Okay. So, I think I'm going to kill Michael. Oh. Ooh. Find the Halloween movies really boring. Doesn't do much for me. Uh, the third one's excellent. Thank you. It's not a Michael's not in it. So that's it's... not the one. <laughs> uh, then that says something about the Halloween movies. When you remove the main antagonist, it becomes a better movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was we, really good. We watched it like trying to get into quote unquote bad horror movies, and I'm just like actually sitting on the couch like. Oh, no. Tell me what happens next. Yeah, but that's all about Tom Atkins and that lovely mustache. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Um, but... I, it was really all about the sound effects. 
But literally uh, in tears at the sounds. I would say I would fuck Jason. You nasty boy. Because I think Jason can can be a little like, you know, if if the Halloween movies are kind of boring, like Friday the 13th always threatens to kind of go in that same boring vein as Halloween. But then there's like some insane shit that happens where he like smashes a a dude's face to a tree and it leaves a bloody smiley face on it. (laughs) We're like, okay. Okay." (laughs) And then, and then I'm going to marry Freddie because motherfucker uses dream logic to kill people. And that means that that marriage is always going to have surprises. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. How about you? Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing some judgment, but it's probably the same. I'm I'm marrying Jason. Really? Cause I think he can change. <laughs> I mean, he he's has. a fixer upper, huh? I think he's that's a fixer true. upper. He's a, but he's a fixer upper that you actually might succeed with. Yeah, because like, how many of those movies? All it takes is like throwing on his dead mom's shirt, and he's just like, "Oh, okay, I won't kill you." Yeah, you're my mom. Exactly. He's just uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> he's a simple man with simple pleasures. His yeah. mom and killing. <laughs> I can be that. <laughs> I, I can, can be, be whatever your I... mommy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely fucking Freddy. Yeah. Oh. Just because I like Yo, that's gonna be knives. some weird shit. I like knife <laughs> hand jobs. I might like turn into a cockroach <laughs> midway. Midway. Also, in a dream, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. He's gonna give me the nightmares to remember. Right. Uh, and killing Michael. Yeah, Michael's boring. But for why? Fuck because fuck Michael. Yeah. All right, look. I want to tell you what I think. How about you? Yeah, let's I'm hear gonna your marry list. Michael because that boy keeps coming. You like the strong. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes him stop. And that's the kind of persistence I'm going to need in bed at this point. And you know what? I'm fucking Freddy because I'm not fucking another guy with mommy issues. That's done. That's over for me. (laughs) So killing Jason. Yes. (laughs) This is actually going to be our Christmas episode, Matt. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to need some Christmas horror movies. Can you give us your top five? Are we just talking horror movies or yeah, Christmas about, horror movies? What do you think about the movie uh, Krampus? Krampus? Krampus is fun. Krampus? But I feel like Krampus? I I wanted Krampus to be better. Yeah. Because Me too. I because I loved Trick or Treat and I was like, oh my god, he's making a movie. It's gonna be like Halloween. It's gonna be like a Christmas horror movie. This is gonna be fucking dope. I think making that movie PG thirteen was like a huge mistake. I felt like everything like got so close to being good and then just was like just like stopped like a minute too soon yeah but i liked it like i mean it has a really dark fucking ending like i like krampus yeah. but i don't love krampus i feel that way also it's like it's like venom venom would have everybody wanted a, a r-rated venom movie okay. and we got pg-13 and it blew so i wanted to see some movie. krampus titties and i was disappointed same okay so looking at the list of movies that i wrote down uh i'll put it in number five number five number five mm-hmm. uh miss december which is a movie that uh, about me, of my, course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a movie that my friend uh, produced, and we did do it on the heart. Almost. I think. Oh, okay. Just doing a little shameless plug here. Almost every yeah. one of these, every, almost every one of the movies on this list was covered on Horror Movie Night. Uh, we did an episode Our audience of it, watch it on Horror Movie Night. Um, but he usually, when you have a friend who makes movies, there's always this hesitation to watch the movie because you're like, oh man, if it sucks, I still have to hang out with them. <laughs> um, so he was like, he's like, hey, I really want you to see this movie that I produced. It's a horror movie. I think you'd like it. So I watched it and it's really fucking good. It's about a serial killer 
who kills one person a month for his calendar and like sets them up and takes photos of them. And it's the month of December and he writes letters to the newspaper every month giving hints on like who the girl is that he's been stalking to be the girl in that calendar. So it's December and this waitress is convinced that she's going to be Mrs. December but her life kind of sucks. So she's like really flattered and like excited oh. <laughs> that, that it's going to happen to her. Uh, That's so, amazing. So it turns into this like really fucked up dark rom-com. Uh, I can't. I kind of want to watch that. Let's watch that. We'll yeah. support your friend. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a solid flick. Can I tour in it? <laughs> I think like, it's on Amazon. It I'll, might I'll, be on Amazon. I'll buy it. Like you were uh, like, I made the joke that it's about me. And then the more you went on, I was like, man, it is about me. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so number four, number four, uh, probably in my opinion, my favorite, like so bad it's good Christmas movie is this one called elves. <laughs> and it's about, first of all, don't be fooled by the name. There's only one elf, but what? it's about, elves. it's about how the Nazis tried to make evil elves to win World War II. Oh, I don't know which one we're watching, Morgan. And, that might take the cake. And this girl is like the secret like branch <laughs> to this elf or whatever. So the elf is trying to kill her specifically. It's fucking wild. And it's starring Grizzly Adams as a mall what? Santa who finds out about this whole elf what? conspiracy. He said, wait, <laughs> the elves? All right, Morgan. Out of this list, we can watch one of them. Uh, so far, I still want to watch Miss December. Okay, cool. Okay. I think it's about me, so I'm going to watch it. Number three. Number three. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with a serious one now. Let's do um, it. All right, Miss December. So uh, Black Christmas, the original one from the 70s, uh, it's actually the movie that Halloween was inspired by. Oh. Uh, and it's a really, really, really well-made suspense horror film. A uh, group of... Girls in a sorority keep getting these very perverted, heavy-breathing phone calls. That sounds uh, sexy. Phone calls are coming from inside the house, as yeah. as per usual. Um, but the movie's ending is one of the few endings that like genuinely unsettled me in the sense of... And I'm going to spoil briefly, but like not spoil. It's just like, they never catch the killer. You never know who the killer is. You know nothing about him. Oh, Fuck. my God. So, like, I just got goosebumps. Yeah, so you just kind of are left there like, holy shit. Like, all of this happened, and that dude's still out there. And, uh. like, so the story is that John Carpenter was talking to the director, Bob Clark, who made it. He was like, have you ever considered doing a sequel to Black Christmas? And he goes, yeah, I always thought that it would be interesting to have him appear at Halloween and stalk some babysitters. And John Carpenter was like, well, why didn't you make it? And he's like, well, no one really wanted to see the first one. So, <laughs> And he's like, do you mind if I take that concept? And he's like, go for it. And he sat down and wrote Halloween. But wow. Halloween was intended to be the sequel to Black Christmas. So it's it's a, a worthy of watching. Oh, that sounds kind of cool, too. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Morgan? I, uh, I like this new one. I think it sounds exciting. So that's the new? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's see if I can change your mind with number two. Let's hear it. Number two. Uh Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part Five: what? The Toy Maker. <laughs> what? So, do so, I need to watch the other four? No. So, the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. Uh, the first two are the first three are linked together. Uh, the kid sees his mom raped by Santa Claus Six. and Whoa! raped and murdered by Santa Claus, and ends up in an orphanage. But he has this thing against Santa Clauses, and but gets a job as a mall Santa. Yeah. But then, like, oh. snaps and just decides to kill anybody <clears throat> that he thinks is naughty. Uh, the Pussy. sequel, 
The sequel is his brother uh, <coughs> wants to get vengeance for the death of his killer Santa Claus brother by also going on a killing spree on Christmas Day. Uh, that one was made for such a low budget that the first 45 minutes is just footage from the first movie recapping what happened. Oh so, so they only filmed 30 minutes of actual footage for the sequel. Holy but shit. if you've ever seen the the uh, the meme Garbage Day, that's from Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, where he shoots a guy taking trash out and just goes, Garbage Day! Oh. <laughs> like, uh, and then he part three, he gets hit by a car and his brain is exposed and he's walking around with like a giant jar over his head showing his exposed brain as he's trying to continue to kill. But then part four is just like a, a witch movie. Like, it's just like what? a weird witch film. But part five, it's starring Mickey Rooney, <laughs> is, <laughs> is about an evil toy maker who makes toys that kill kids at Christmas time. And the practical effects are Play fucking school. dope. Dude. <laughs> like, and there might be some subtle references to Pinocchio. Oh. Like, one of the characters might actually just be a giant humanoid toy and what? the toy maker's name might be Jim Petto. Uh, <laughs> got him. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and then finally, number one. Number one. Uh, it's very like only sort of a horror movie, but I don't care. It's the most gory. It's the most graphic traditional Christmas movie that I can think of. It's the movie that I need to watch two or three times every Christmas. It's got Bill Murray. It's called Scrooged, and I fucking love it. Oh, Scrooge is a gr- <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not a horror movie per se, but it's pretty. It's got some pretty heavy horror elements for a Christmas film. It, it, what it is, it's, it is a. It's a false sense of security. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's going to be Bill Murray, and it's like a story, and it's like, it's just a Christmas story, and then it just hits you with a few. Yeah. Well, because like their version. Because like their version of Marley is like he shows up as like a rotting corpse that has like his flesh like falling off piece by piece and yeah. shit. Like they just go into these really dark, kind of gross versions of a Christmas carol. Yeah. So I love Scrooge. Scrooge is like my, my number one. All right. What do you think, Morgan? Which one are we watching? I liked the third one. Black Christmas. Yeah, the original Black Christmas. Yeah. I Although would... I will say the the remake gets a lot of shit, but it's pretty fun. And I think I mean depending on when this comes out, there's a new remake that's coming out this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it looks like it's like a weird like like I think they got rid of the slasher aspect and it's like a an occult, <laughs> like a college cult fraternity thing like that movie uh, The Skulls. Oh. <laughs> well, Matt Kelly. Yes. We're getting kind of towards the end here. Oh no. Uh but this is our this is our Christmas episode, and oh. so we did get you a little something. Oh no, we got you a little gift. Oh jeez. Oh wow. <laughs> you actually did <laughs> get me is. a gift. Yeah. Our stage hand Abby gives you a little gift. Aw. I love the I love the Star Wars wrapping paper. I'm trying to do that thing where you don't rip. The, uh, okay, Grandma. Yeah, no, it's just it's good paper. Just... <laughs> Audio oh. listeners. Oh no, it's. I thought I had it, but no. This is also captivating radio, I'm sure. It's perfect. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't want this in my life. (laughs) Sorry, the box is pretty old. When we saw it, we thought of you in our movie night podcast. Oh, Oh, no. There's going to be ghosts in my house. It's a Ouija board. We got you a Ouija board. (laughs) 
according to all of the music that I listened to when I was a teenager, I'm not supposed to mess with Ouija boards, my gay. So I'm going to throw this out there just because you gave this to me. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful gift. Not sure how many people out there listen to the very, 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 very uh, small genre of folk punk music. But there is an amazing folk punk band named Harley Poe that just writes folk songs about horror movies and they have a song about playing with Ouija boards oh. that is probably my favorite song by them so check that out but they also have a Krampus song called It's Christmas Time Again where it's just them singing about Santa Claus coming down the chimneys and decapitating children oh wow that's awesome <laughs> oh. thank well, you guys that's <laughs> our pleasure thank you very much for, for coming on the show we really appreciate no you no problem I love you guys you know that yeah we like you <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. (laughs) I'll accept it. Let me let me shave my legs. Matt Kelly's coming. (laughs) I made sure to shave for you. I won't say what your head. No. (laughs) His butt. The second head. (laughs) Ooh. Also known as you went that high. (laughs) (laughs) Risky. Is there anything anything that you would like to tell people? Any uh, holiday wishes? Well, obviously, I uh, as much as I host. A bunch of podcasts that can sometimes seem very mean-spirited in nature, specifically horror movie night. I'm a big old softy at heart, so I hope that you guys all have a great holiday. Uh, I will pos- keep your eyes open. I'm sure I'll post about it on the horror movie night uh, Facebook page and talk about it on the show. But uh, in the new year, I'm going to start branching out and doing podcast consultation. So if you are trying to launch a podcast and you want to know all the places where I failed so that you have a little bit of a better first start than I ever did, uh, feel free to contact me and we can figure out something. Awesome. That sounds great. And of course, uh, we check out Horror Movie Night and all your other podcasts. Yep. HMNpodcast.com. Uh, that's the only one that has a website right now. Uh, but yeah, just search my favorite episode of uh, Roaring 20s should have an active feed right now. And I don't know if one Hit Thunder will have an active feed just yet, but keep your eyes out for One Hit Thunder as well. Awesome. Do you have anything to say to the people, Morgan? I love you. Aww. We love you. Thank you very much for listening to our show. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Wear a condom. <laughs>
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 